Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to Season 1, Episode 2 of Sweet Seats, a podcast ran by the students of Lake Orion High School's sports broadcasting class. I'm your host, Daniel Babcock, and I'm joined here with Reese Meech. Hello. Lennon Potter. How we doing? And Noel Perillo. How's it going? Uh, today, for our episode of Sweet Seats, we're going to start off talking about a little college football rivalry week. First matchup that we have on tap is the biggest one for this area, obviously in Michigan. It's the game, Michigan State versus Ohio, or not Michigan State, Michigan versus Ohio State. This year's going to be played at the Big House in Ann Arbor. So a little uh, stats coming from this game is that both teams are coming off a blowout wins. Ohio State just beat Michigan State 56 to seven, versus Michigan just beat Maryland 59 to 18. And also, Ohio State has won the last eight matchups and 15 on the last 16. They're led by quarterback C.J. Stroud, who had 432 yards and six touchdowns last week against Michigan State and has 3,468 yards total on the season, 36 touchdowns and five interceptions, and is currently second in the Heisman race. Also, they have wide receivers Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave, who are CBS Sports' number one and number two NFL draft wide receiver prospects, 24 combined receiving touchdowns from those two. Ohio State also is featuring the number one offense in yards per game and points per game. Michigan, on the other hand, is led by a running attack with Hassan Haskins and Blake Quorums, over 1,800 combined rushing yards and 23 touchdowns. Defensively, they are top 10 passing and scoring defense, led by Aiden Hutchinson and David Ojabo, who have 19 sacks combined. Now, me personally, I think that Michigan's defense won't matter how good they are. I think that Ohio State's offense is just that good. C.J. Stroud, Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, just some insane receivers. So I think Ohio State's going to win it again. Now, Noah, you're a resident Michigan fan of this podcast, so what are your thoughts on the game? Well, I don't like hearing all those stats and mumbo-jumbo. <laughs> Let me tell you this. Jim Harbaugh's job is on the line, and when it comes down to it, usually he doesn't pull through. But this year's different. This year, they have a special team, and I think being at the big house, Jim Harbaugh will either put up or shut up and finally win the big one. Noah, what's different about this year compared to the last five where Harbaugh's 0-5? See, this year they have a competent quarterback who can actually play football. The past few years, you know, their they're, uh, quarterbacks are a little, uh, a little messed up in the head. I wouldn't say they were the smartest decision makers. They definitely didn't have the best amount of defense. Well, we do remember JT was short, and that's a fact, and you can't take that away from anybody. So, so Michigan State lost last week 56-7. to Michigan State beat Michigan. Is this a concern at all for you? Not really, because there's always more football to be played. I believe that in the Michigan State game, while they did lose, there is some scratchy officiating that you can't blame it because you did blow a 14, 16-point lead. But, you know, it's every game's a new game and every atmosphere is different than the next. Noah, if you think Michigan's going to win, how are they going to have to do it? What, what do you believe Jim Harbaugh is going to go out there and do to beat Ohio State? <coughs> They got to put pressure on Stroud because they have one of obviously Ohio State is the best receiving core in the nation, and they might have one of the best running backs in the nation. But Michigan's front seven is also one of the best at stopping the run. And although their defensive backs are a little choppy, if they can get pressure to Stroud early, I believe they can they can get the defensive stops. But it's also about scoring in the red zone, and you know you can't beat a team with field goals. You need touchdowns. Touchdowns win you games. That's, that's the biggest key for Michigan this season. 
All right, Nolan, one last question for you about this game. Uh, what is the Sabre metric that you've been telling everyone all week about this game? Well, you know, in my 17 years of living, they've played 16 times. When I'm not attending the game, Michigan is 0-15 in my lifetime. But when Noah Perillo attends the Michigan vs. Ohio State football game, Michigan has a 100% win rate, 1-0. They haven't lost. <laughs> and this week, I will be attending the game. See, that's what the stats and the pros on ESPN don't know is that I'll be there. And when I'm there, they're 100% win rate every time. You can't deny numbers like that. You really can't. All right, moving on to the next matchup. And, Reese, I know you're going to like this one. As Next on tap, we have the Iron Bowl, Auburn versus Alabama. This year it's going to be played at Auburn. Bryce Young just recently broke Alabama's school record for passing yards, had 559 yards and five touchdowns in a win over number 21, Arkansas. He is currently the Heisman favorite right now. Also, Alabama is the number two scoring offense in the nation, only behind Ohio State. Auburn, coming off a loss to South Carolina, lost their quarterback, Bo Nix, who's out for the season with an ankle injury, and is going to have to rely on sophomore T.J. Finley, who had 188 yards and one touchdown. Also, a big-name player for Auburn is their running back, Tank Bigsby, who has almost 1,000 yards rushing and 10 touchdowns this year. Now, Reese, roll tide, you already know. Who do you think is going to win this matchup? Well, first and foremost, roll tide, baby. But, I mean, I think this one's pretty obvious. Alabama versus Auburn rivalry game. Alabama's absolutely dominated this rivalry for a long time. And I think it's just uh, another one of those games. Alabama's just going to roll right through them. Uh, actually, if Bo Nix was playing, I like Bo Nix a lot as a prospect and as a quarterback. I think it would be a really close game if they were going to play. But uh, he's not going to play, and I think it's over for Auburn. Alabama's going to roll right through him. Bryce Young's going to be in your face throwing deep bombs. Heisman <coughs> favorite, baby. Come on. Reese, this game's held at Jordan-Harris Stadium on Auburn's campus. Let me throw out some numbers. Auburn is 11-6 versus Alabama when they're in their home stadium. And Alabama, so far this season, against unranked opponent is 1-6. and six. Do I get that correct? Yeah. That one is enough to give me enough confidence to say Auburn's going to roll over the roll tide, baby. Let's go. Yeah. Well. We'll see on Saturday, but that's just not going to be the – that is not going to be the outcome. <laughs> you know, maybe it, that's their numbers, and, but not in the past few years. No, I'm also predicting an Auburn upset. I don't think the Tide have it in them. I think they're soft this year. I think uh, Saban hasn't been putting uh, much work in the weight room and uh, getting them ready. I think they're demoralized. I think they're going to lose. That's what I like about Alabama. I think they're a little underrated this year, and they're going to come in against teams, and they're going to blow them out, especially come playoff time. You're going to see an underrated Todd, and they're going to come up, and they're going to hit you in the face, and you're not going to know what's coming. All right, well, we'll see which Alabama team we get on Saturday, but moving on to the next matchup. Noah, you are vying for this one as well. It's the Egg Bowl, Ole Miss versus Mississippi State, actually being played on Thanksgiving at 730 Ole Miss led by Matt Corral, who he is probably the best quarterback in this prospect in this prospect pool. He is just a great player. Fourth in Heisman odds currently. And he is just dominating Lane Kiffin's offense, who leads the SEC in yards per game. However, Ole Miss's defense twelfth in the SEC in yards per game. Near the bottom, only Mizzou and Vandy are worse than that. But Mississippi State, Will Rogers, second in the nation in passing yards. 
Offense tied for second in the nation passing yards as well. And they have a top 25 defense in the country. So I don't know about you guys, but I think Mike Leach's squad at Mississippi State pulls this one out. Well, first things first, Kenny Pickett is the best quarterback in the country and the best draft prospect. But when you look at the bowels of college football, the Egg Bowl is my, probably the most prestigious rivalry in all of sports. Let's be honest, it's played on Thanksgiving Day. You know, you've had players like DK Metcalf, Elijah Moore, you know, Dak Prescott, all playing the, the Sacred Bull, which is my personal favorite. But I believe even though Ole Miss is ranked eighth in the country, I don't think they can pull through. I think Mike Leach's air raid offense is just too strong for a uh, below average Ole Miss defense, especially at Mississippi State, who have put up good numbers against a lot of good teams, but have also had a letdown against a lot of bad teams. They still get it. They still pull it through because it's the Egg Bowl. You know, they want to win it. It's the most prestigious uh, game in college football. I'm right with you. I think Will Rogers is an underrated quarterback. People forget he's second in the whole college football spectrum in passing yards. I feel like he's going to dime up his players and torch Ole Miss. Reese, what are your thoughts on the game? You know, I'm going to have to go with number rank Ole Miss. Uh, you're going to talk about Mississippi State all day and uh, the passing yards and but that's just not going to happen. Ole Miss is going to take them down. All right, next up, we got the battle for the land-grant trophy, Michigan State versus Penn State, being held at Spartan Stadium in Ace Lansing this year. Kenneth Walker, Michigan State's uh, breakout running back, second in the nation in yards, tied for fourth in the nation in rushing touchdowns, third in Heisman odds right now. But, however, Michigan State, worst defense in the Big Ten statistically, also the worst passing defense in the entire nation. However, one good note for them is that Penn State's quarterback, Sean Clifford, left in their game versus Rutgers last week in the first quarter with an injury, and backup Christian Blue made his college debut. Now, Penn State has the number one scoring defense in the Big Ten, and they're number four in the nation at 15.5 points per game. However, I just don't see them being able to stop the rushing attack in Michigan State that has pretty much dominated everyone but Ohio State last week. And without their quarterback, Sean Clifford, who's been there for quite a while, I mean, probably on his sixth year by now, I just don't see it happening. So I think Michigan State's going to pull this one out as well. Uh, with Sean Clifford out and with such a strong Penn State defense, I think we can expect just the basic Big Ten football game. Low scoring, lots of punts. I think I think there might be five punts before a team actually gets in the end zone. Uh, it's just how it it's just how it always is in the Big Ten. But I do think Michigan State pulls it out in the end. Yeah, I think Tuck's coming and he's coming after that rebound. To Ohio State is coming for those Nittany Lions, baby. Yeah, I, I agree. I'm just gonna th I just have to see that Michigan State's just gonna make the big plays at the end with Kenneth Walker, Jalen Naylor. Where I don't see Penn State's gonna be able to make those big plays near the end. I I agree with that. Moving on to some NFL football, obviously Thanksgiving week. Everyone knows Thanksgiving is all about family, food, and football, the three Fs. Amen. Starting off, Thanksgiving matchup, Chicago Bears at Detroit Lions. And I do notice that Lyndon added a little something extra after that. He said, Bear Don. So a little statistics about the game. Lions 0-9-1. Obviously tied with the Steelers two weeks ago, coming off a loss to Cleveland 13 to 10 without starting quarterback Jared Goff. Bears three and seven lost 16 to three to Baltimore last week, even though Baltimore was without one of the best quarterbacks in the league, Lamar Jackson. Um, also, 
Bears quarterback Justin Fields questionable with a rib injury. We don't know what's going to happen with that yet. Bears worst offense or second worst offense and the worst passing offense in the NFL. Now, Lyndon, do you think that's going to make a difference on whether they'll be able to move the ball down the field against the Lions? Tell me the last time the Chicago Bears had a good offense. We don't need a good offense. Bear it on, baby. We, we, we got the defense, right? We have the defense every year. The, the Lions don't have the offense. I think this game is going to be a defensive battle for the Bears. And whether Andy Dalton's starting or not, I like Andy Dalton. I think he should start the redheaded menace. I believe him on Thanksgiving is going to be something different. He hasn't started since week two, and he's going to come out with something different. Uh, Andy Dalton, career record against the Lions, 2-0. and He's just got something in him that's against the Lions. So what if we don't go Nick uh, Andy Dalton? You're saying we got Nick Foles in the back. Super Bowl MVP Nick Foles. He's also 1-0 against the Lions in his lifetime. I don't think there is a scenario where Lions walk out of Thanksgiving holding that turkey. You know what I'm saying? No. Well, well, Lyndon, you talk about the Bears' defense, but they are without Khalil Mack, Akeem Hicks, Eddie Jackson, and Danny Trevathan all on their defense. Four very key players. So do you think that will make a difference for them? Bears got some with Lions don't, and it's called depth. See, when one star goes down, we make another star. We got people in the back ready to step up. You know, you're going to train under Khalil Mack. I don't know what his name is. <laughs> You're gonna tell me he hasn't been learning from Khalil Mack already, learning from the best player in the game at his position. Nah, of course he is. Well, this is a clearly a letdown game for the Bears. I mean, there's no way they go into Ford Field and uh, come out with the victory. This is a classic case of you know no rookie quarterback Justin Fields who has actually made the offense competent to watch this year. But I expect uh, I expect uh, Linda to be crying. Uh, crying this uh, Thursday after the Lions get their first one of the season. But he'll actually be happy because Matt Nagel will be finally uh, kick, kick the can and uh, leave Chicago forever. Yeah, yeah that's I'm going to have to agree with Noah on this one. I mean, the Lions are just itching for a win. Scratch the Eagles game. Pretty much the Lions have been <clears throat> in every game just waiting for a win. I mean, they've been fighting. And now with fields out, uh, many, as Danny said, many uh, defensive players out. I mean, the Lions are going to roll through. They're hungry. Dan Campbell's coming at your kneecaps, and the Lions are taking the yes, Bears sir. down. I love Thanksgiving. <laughs> we'll see you on Thursday. We'll see you on Thursday. So the next game that we have for the NFL Thanksgiving slate is the Raiders at the Cowboys. Cowboys 7-3, Raiders 5-5. Five five. Cowboys running back Ezekiel Elliott and wide receiver C.D. Lamb, both questionable for the game. Cowboys, however, have the number one offense in yards per game and, offense, and number three offense in points per game. Dak Prescott looking like he did his rookie season when he was an MVP candidate. However, Raiders, Derek Carr, he's also looking pretty good. Um, he's been great. Max Crosby getting pressure on the quarterback, too. Raiders, overall, pretty good team. I think that they can upset the Cowboys again this week. Danny, let me ask you one question. What's something you do on Thanksgiving? What, what's something when you, when you get that Thanksgiving meal, what do you do with it? I eat it. You eat it? And what does Zeke do? He eats. He eats. Baby, Zeke is going to eat this week. He's going to tear up the Raiders' defense. Nobody they have in their linebacking core is going to compare to Zeke, and no one's going to tackle him. He's going to go for 200 or let, or more. Let me tell you, this Cowboys team is just hasn't been looking too hot since, uh, since Cooper Rush had his amazing Monday Night Football win. Uh, I think you can expect to see the Raiders make a big fight. They are a touchdown underdog. And uh, their new inter, uh, interim head coach is a strong Italian. You know, he's got that Italian blood. He's, he's ready. He's riled up. You know, he loves the team. 
but the Cowboys are just might just have too much firepower for the Raiders to even come close to winning. Uh, let me tell you something about the Cowgirls. I've heard for the past, like, three years, they're always so overrated. And then they're just non-consistent. I don't think they're consistent enough. I think the Raiders are a slap-on team at 5-5. Five and five. They've had a lot of bad stuff happen recently. And Derek Carr's a great leader, great quarterback, playing, you know, He's getting to the end of his career. I think he's pulling it out on Thanksgiving. That's a very interesting take, and I'd have to agree with you. I think that the Raiders are going to win too. So last game, Bills at Saints. The Dome's going to be rocking for a little Thanksgiving night football action. Saints, obviously, without Jameis Winston, Torres ACL, but also Alvin Kamara, their star running back, star player, who really has carried me in fantasy football this year. He has missed the last two games. However, the Bills, Josh Allen, once again returning to his former, what he looked like when he was, everyone gave him all the MVP hype, once again looking like that. And Stephon Diggs, top 10 in receiving yards once again this year. But the Bills defense, number one in yards per game, second in passing yards per game and points per game. I don't know how the, I don't know how the Saints can overcome that, especially without a quarterback and possibly a running back. Just... Bills defense is elite, and Josh Allen is a great quarterback. I think the Bills will win. Well, despite all the bad play from the Bills recently, especially losing to the Jaguars, you it really all comes to, down to one person, that's Josh Allen. Because the Saints are an all-around talented team, but Trevor Simeon at the helm of the quarterback and them not using Taysom Hill, even though they paid him all that money, is kind of just uh, a little upsetting for Saints fans because he could really help. <laughs> But I believe that if Josh Allen plays well, the Bills win. If Josh Allen doesn't play well, no matter how good that defense is, they're not gonna they're not gonna be a, such a deep, talented Saints team. Listen, no, I'm gonna have to agree with Noah here, but I believe Josh Allen is gonna play good. Coming off a huge loss to Indy, 41 to 15. I mean, Josh Allen is is a good quarterback. I mean, he's not gonna play two bad games in a row, especially in the NFL. You don't see that a lot. He's gonna bounce back, and they're gonna roll the Saints. Yeah, one thing, I found this quote from left tackle Deion Dawkins. He says, short weeks are good, so you can quickly wash out the losses from last week. Just for that, I'm going to say the Bills. If they got that kind of mentality going into Thanksgiving, they're not going to really care about last week. They're going to move forward. I think that's what they need right now, and I think I got the Bills winning. Wouldn't you think they'd have that mentality after losing to the abysmal Jacksonville Jaguars? You know, Urban Meyer is a little shaky of a head coach, and he still found a way to pull it out against once what once was the uh, leading uh, odds for the Super Bowl. You know, that wasn't a short week. The whole point of this is that it's a short week. You don't have a lot of time. You have to focus on the next week. Going from a Sunday to a Thursday, you have to have that short week and focus. Any given Sunday. That's right, baby. Yeah, that is true. And lastly, what we're going to finish off with is a little college basketball early in the season right now. However, the Michigan Wolverines coming into the season as a top five ranked team, three and two. However, the losses are to two ranked teams, Seton Hall and Arizona, but they still have to play a very tough UNC team who has lost to Purdue and Tennessee. So a lot of great losses between those two teams, but still, neither, I mean, Michigan. What, what's going on, Noah? Well, this Michigan team just can't shoot the ball. They really, I mean... Like, every time they were preseason ranked top five, and I've always said, and people can account, preseason rankings don't matter in college basketball because literally anything can happen. But the teams are playing Seton Hall and Arizona that they lost to. They've just been more aggressive. 
they haven't been better. They haven't shot better. They haven't like played better. They were just more aggressive, and they wanted to win because they wanted to go be the top five team. This Michigan team is a, like a high, uh, high ego, I believe, and they're not really hitting their shots right now. The good thing is this is early in the season, and you know it's not about how you play right now. It's how about you play in March, because I still think they're going to be a tournament team no matter what. But for right now, I mean, it's been pretty disappointing, I'd say, all around for the Michigan Wolverines. No, I'm going to have to agree with Noah here again, but uh, they're a young team. Michigan's a young team. Like you said, it matters how you play at the end. Uh, they're going to learn a couple things. They're going to learn how to play, and by the end of the season, they're going to be pretty good. And then the final topic that I have to for uh, us today is on today, uh, Tuesday, November 23rd, is probably the biggest matchup of the year and a potential national championship game preview as it's number two UCLA facing off against number one Gonzaga. The two top-rated teams in the nation both made very deep final or uh, final four runs last year. So, I mean, both returning a lot of starters. Obviously, Gonzaga missing Jalen Suggs, but still. Noah, what do you think is going to happen in this game tonight? Well, Drew Timmy is just the best player in the nation, and that's just a fact. He, like Everything he does just goes in. Johnny Juzang, no matter how good he is, is just not – I don't think he'll be able to stop Timmy, along with Chad Holmgren, one of the top NBA prospects this year. They might just have too much size and too much power to, uh, for the UCLA Bruins to overcome them. Yeah, I'd have to agree with that. I mean, UCLA, law of returning starters, but Gonzaga looking like a great team again. And ladies and gentlemen, that's all the time that we're going to have for today. Thank you for tuning in to Season 1, Episode 2 of Sweet Seats. I'm your host, Daniel Babcock. I was joined today by Reese Meech. Adios. Lyndon Potter. See you. And Noah Perillo. Goodbye. Thank you, and everyone have a great Thanksgiving.